three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Steve Foster. Steve, how you doing? Good, Jeff. How are you doing this week? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from the West Florida Steel Challenge Championships. Um, you know, as the match director, I was there every day and then some. Uh, and they're early and they're late, but uh, it was well worth it. it. It turned out to be a very successful match. Hey, Jeff, where do I file my grievance? You said we would not have any rain. Oh. You, did, you did a pretty good job, though. You, you did a pretty good job. I think it rained, uh, it rained last... on us for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, again, the Wyoming Antelope Club with our, our outdoor-covered bays, uh, and we had canopies where uh, where needed. I don't think any competitor was actually shooting in raindrops, um, so that worked out pretty well. But uh, yeah, the weather was pretty good. You know, uh, it wasn't too hot. The wind, uh, it wasn't a whole lot of wind, but uh, luckily it wasn't as muggy as it could have been. Whew. Yeah, the other good part is is that there were three of us on our squad that had ranged uh, ranged tactical gear carts with with umbrellas, so we were. You know, let people under the shelter so everybody could fit. And man, I love my new Diva umbrella. Did I show you? Did I show you the lights underneath the Diva umbrella? Yes, I was looking at the stand there as we were talking. <laughs> I'm going, why is there an on-off switch? Um, by the way, that's not a a tent. That's close to a canopy you have going on there. Um, you you can have a small party under there. <laughs> Heck yeah, heck yeah, I'm just waiting to throw the barbecue out. One of these days, there's going to be a barbecue on that card. I promise you that, Jeff. I promise you. Uh, well, you know, I think I joked with you, too. Um, I've always said, you know, we've all got our carts, and, and not so much at the uh, uh, Steel Challenge matches, but you see it a lot at USPSA and definitely at Three Guns, where guys have actually got, you know, their cart, more than a cart, they've actually got a range vehicle. And I still think the perfect range vehicle would be like a smart car. Um, it's got about the same dimensions as a cart, but you've got air and you've got a radio. So I want to see somebody, uh, you know, see if they can get a, a, a smart car on a range and, and use it as their cart. Uh, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Well, Steve, you came down to the uh, West Florida Steel Challenge Championship. So what was your takeaway from the match? Yeah, my oldest daughter, Vanessa, it was her fourth match that she shot. Um, we had an opportunity to do a training session over towards Daytona Beach, so it was kind of like a daddy-daughter weekend. She helped keep score, and uh, she works for Ammo, so that's cool. So we spent some time on Daytona Beach, and then we came over to Clearwater, and it's always, I was talking with Kurt Grimes last night, just uh, catching up on some things, and I told him, I said, look, man, it is the toughest place to shoot that I've ever shot at. So I distinctly believe if you are in that area and that's your home range, you definitely have a competitive advantage for two reasons. For two reasons. Number one, the uh, the lighting in the cave or tunnel or whatever we call that, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it, let's just say it's different. Um, you have to turn your optics down. Um, so that could be a little bit uh problematic you know um, if you're not focusing a little bit extra time but the other the main issue that I find in uh, I'll do something different to train better for it next year is uh, you know I came out of the gate shooting PCC and and uh, I was shooting my single stack gun unlimited because I wasn't sure if we were gonna have enough single stack shooters to 
qualify for anything. So, yeah, there's a, a big bang there, and it just echoes for like three days. And so it was tough to trust your eyes. And when I don't trust my eyes, I trust my ears. So both of those went out the window. So I was uh, I was having a rough go at it, Jeff. And then you know what made matters even better is What's that? Uh, you know because I always keep my guns um, with me at all times when I'm traveling. Um, so don't be that person. Don't leave your guns out in the car if you're at a hotel or something like that, out of state, back on jazz, or you know you may not have them when you get back. But the other issue that I had with my PCC, I took it right out of the bag, and you know what happened? No idea. The optic completely fogged over. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because the gun's cold and all that. And I was like, what the heck? And so you I need was some Z clear on. You need some Z clear on that lens. Oh, it, no, man, that, that, that didn't help at all. I mean, it was maybe, <laughs> maybe it did 5% or 10%, but it completely smoked over. So I literally shot five to go barely being able to see through my uh, Vortex Razor on my PCCO. I think I shot like a 920-something, and it's been quite a period of time since I've shot over nine seconds on five to go, but it was probably the happiest nine, maybe it was 926, somewhere <laughs> there. It was the happiest over nine that I ever shot in five to go my entire life. You know, I was shooting, I think my first string was like a 260 or 250 or something like that. You know, I'm going back a couple of years, and, uh, you know, I, I'm still proud that, that I was able to get what I did. But uh, the next, well, in the afternoon session, I shot a rimfire rifle open, and the guns were in the car long enough um, at the match, so it wasn't a big deal. But the next morning, Sunday morning, I was shooting carry optics in my daughter's uh, CWA. So I just took the bags over to the safe area, left them open for about five minutes, and uh um, everything warmed up, and we were ready to rock and roll. But besides that, Jeff, it was smooth and painless. <laughs> yeah, well, that, but, you but, know, again, that's our goal with this match. Uh, the the WAC has an amazing crew. Uh, the RO stepped up. Um, and, of course, this, this match, one of our premier features is no competitor has to paint. A um, couple of the juniors that I train, a couple of the other junior boys in our junior program, and uh, and the ROs got out there and made sure that no competitor out of all 219 that competed painted a single plate. And and that's just something, again, that we like to bring as a value, and I think that's part of why uh, this match, uh, we had 219 shooters that tied the first year. Uh, we had 240 last year, and, you know, had this not been a COVID year, uh, I think we might have broken that record. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And you know, what's, you know what's interesting, Jeff? I was talking to uh, Mike Baker and I and Elsie were squatted together, and there was one of the kids and the father went out to paint, and I'm looking at Mike, and he's looking at me. I said, man, I feel guilty. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I want to paint something. And, uh, yeah, the ROs actually yelled at Mike, said, no, sir, get back there. They were polite about it, but we're here to paint for you. And, and I said, Mike, I, I said, man, Let's sneak out next time and paint a little bit because we felt, we felt guilty. But, you know, the other thing I was going to share with you in my conversation with Kurt is, is that, you know, all of last year and I would say into this year, the two best matches in terms of value for the money and overall how well a match is run is your match in Area 2. I mean, the, there was plenty of water. There were snacks out. Uh, lunch was provided, painting and all that kind of stuff. The ROs, not all of them shoot shoot steel, but they were familiar with the commands. 
like, oh, I can't remember what his name was. I was kind of making fun of him a little bit because we were shooting accelerator, and he was RO, and then I was up next. And he stands in front of me. You know, he's a big guy. He's like six foot five, looking down on me. I said, oh, you shoot USPSA, don't you? <laughs> he's like, yeah, how could you tell? I said, don't worry. I'm not going to unbag a gun until those guys get done pasting down there. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was pretty funny. But good, good group of group of folks. I mean, it, I love shooting in Florida. Great yeah. competitors and, uh, you know, a great match. No, it's a good time. We had a lot of people coming around. You know, you came down from Georgia and, of course, the Bakers as well. Um, Matt and Amanda came down again for the second year. Matt and Amanda Cowan. Uh, from um, Tennessee. Tennessee. We had uh, Ethan Tuning came out. He's from Seattle. Um, awesome. And uh, I guess he's uh, his dad grew up in the area, so they were able to come enjoy it. Um, we, we had an Alaska competitor that wasn't Jessica. Uh, Jeremy Boutwell was going to come down, but yep. uh, due to the travel restrictions, um, he had to pull out last minute. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, we definitely pull heavy from the state, and, and I think most of these level two matches tend to pull heavy from the local area. But the sure. fact that we're able to pull from, you know, out of state and, and people traveling a couple of hours and, and definitely having to get in a hotel room and, of course, that's the nice thing about the Wyoming Club is that from the mat, from the range, you could be at a hotel in five minutes. You know. Oh yeah, ours was literally 1.3 miles away. And the other yeah. thing that I would say is is that it's got some of the best dining around. Uh, yeah. We went to what was that place? Four Rivers Barbecue, right outside of Tampa. There, that was fantastic. And at Bascom's. Uh, oh, the Chop, Chop House. House. Yeah. Oh, son, if you go there. You can go down and visit that match. You don't stop there. Something wrong with you. That place is amazing. But it's kind of a suit and tie place. They put us up in the cheap seats upstairs, and that's cool, too. <laughs> I did see a picture, too. I think you guys traveled over to Twisty Treat, too, didn't you? Oh, we did. Reagan Hearn, she's like, we're going to Twisty Treat. I'm like, yeah, okay. And so somehow we found our way to Twisty Treat. I've never been to the big waffle cone there, but uh, it, was, it lived up to its hype. So... For everyone who knows Reagan, and Reagan, I don't know if you're listening, everybody, her new nickname is Skittles. She's no longer Reagan. You have to call her Skittles. Oh, the American Skittle bag. It was yep. a big one, too. Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a handful every time I walk by. She's like, you want some? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> Do I want some or should I have some? Which, which one? Exactly. But, exactly. But, man, I squatted with her. Holy cow, Jeff. I shot with her at this match last year, and I think this was – I saw her in Florida, but I didn't shoot with her. Then I shot with her again this year. Wow. In 12 yep. months? Holy cow. Yep. If she uh, progresses at that same level in the next 12 months, I think I'm going to start playing golf or something. Yeah, she's <laughs> on fire. Why do you think I started shooting center for her pistol? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Let me check the old man box. I got you, Jeff. <laughs> well, you know, we did yeah, something she's, with this she's match uh, that I haven't seen before. I'm, I'm sure someone's done it, but I hadn't seen it. Is, um, we changed the awards around a little bit, and uh, we, uh, we went with tumblers, engraved tumblers. And uh, part of the reason I did that was plaques are nice, and you see them on your wall, when you're walking around, but now when everybody uses that tumbler, they're going to remember the match and hopefully remember yeah. the good times they had down here. Um, 
And, you know, we did some other little things this year. Um, uh, they weren't quite challenge coins, but uh, we gave out uh, uh, match uh, poker chips. So everybody got a poker chip, too, to uh, remember the match by. So it's just little I, things. I, I, I think those were both excellent touches. Just to start off everything with the poker chip, I thought that was so cool. My daughter, Vanessa, absolutely loved it. And, and uh, Mike and Elsie are coming over tonight to do a little training, and they're going to bring over my drinkware. So I appreciate that as well. Yes, uh, we kept, uh, Elsie kept coming to pick up your awards, and I kept saying, is this one really going to make it to Steve? And <laughs> the, 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 uh, the Rifle Master Award is actually uh, a thermos. Um, and I looked at Elsie and I said, you definitely want to keep this one at home. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to well, it. Yeah, well, we appreciate you and everyone else that's listening that came out to the match. And uh, trust me, people, uh, you know, as Steve pointed out, uh, we, we, we try to provide as much value for the money. At 50 bucks a gun, we provided, you know, snacks, more than enough water, the uh, great ROs, great painters. We, we really just try to keep that uh, a very professional match uh, and, and make it fun for the competitors. So, you know, next year when we have this match, uh, try to put it on your calendars. I would, uh, I would highly recommend it. And the other thing that I would say, Jeff, that people like maybe you and I may not appreciate as much, but there is a, you, you had a, um, a mobile office there, trailer kind of thing set up. That's always there, I guess, at the range. But uh, there was a bathroom designated just for the ladies in there, and it was yes. 62 and a half degrees in there. So uh, my daughter appreciated it, and I heard a lot of, a lot of feedback. It's, it's always a big deal when a lady's going to a range. Um, it's one thing to hover in a porta potty. I'm sorry, Maria. Did I just out you? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first question Maria asked me when she got there. Five, Steve. Do they have indoor plumbing or the hover kind of thing? I guess it took me a minute to get back in character. But yeah, it's uh, it's important that uh, ranges like that have those types of accommodations. So, yeah, that's something. You guys, uh, you guys for yeah, years. Yeah, you guys hit it out of the park for sure. Well, thanks. Well, you know, um, at this match, um, in that, that wonderful range cart you have, you opened up the secret drawer. Ah, the, yeah, the range tactical gear cart, man. It's got uh, it's got two drawers in it, and yeah, that is pretty pretty cool. Worked with Steve on a couple of design changes. The cart was a good recommendation, and the umbrella for the full size. I'll have to look. Mine may be an 8-footer. I think I'm going to get a 10-foot umbrella because it's got to be a tent now that you you put that out there, Jeff. But it goes, it's, there's a hole drilled, <laughs> a hole drilled in, the, in the shelf all the way to the base of the cart for stability. And you can put in a little clip to make sure that, you know, the wind doesn't lift it out of the cart. So, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, but in that drawer, you pulled me over and you went, you want to see something? Of course. <laughs> It wasn't creepy, people. Trust me. And uh, <laughs> well, Matt and Amanda. Well, Amanda's like, yeah, come on over here. She's like, you're like one of those guys in New York City, opening up your uh, oh, oh, opening your jacket. I was going to say he was not in a trench coat. Um, <laughs> but you opened up that yep. drawer, and you had your new compensator. So why don't you yep. tell everybody about that compensator? 
Yeah, so we're uh, going to start shipping. I think it's actually today. Um, so yesterday, by the time this podcast gets released, and so it's a it's a new compensator for a rimfire. And all a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that's all we need another compensator for a rimfire gun. And so what really makes this different compared to the other compensators? You know, it's just not a a tubular piece of aluminum with just some random holes in it. Nothing against you know other designs or what whatever, but you know, for years I wanted something that was pretty aggressive looking and something that just wasn't, you know, round with some round holes in it. Um, and I'll post a link once we upload this podcast. And so it's got a, um, it's got a very um, aggressive design. And it's in probably the most unique part compared to other compensators you've seen. It's got like a teardrop or what I call progressive port in it that starts to release some gas and the majority of the gas gets released at the end. So it gives it a little bit of a push-down effect compared to some other compensators. There's a proprietary channel that's in there that actually blows back some gases to uh, um, further actuate the comp. And then on the sides, um, and so that's as you're looking from the muzzle out towards a target, so you have that port, and then just at the end of the top port, you have two smaller side ports. It really it does offer a little bit of stability, and I don't um, on my rimfire because uh, a little Steve, you broke up there a little. Just just um, say it, that again. On which gun? Your rimfire? Which gun? Uh, my my Magnum Research switchbolt. So gotcha. Yep, okay. So I'm running both of those guns. And so what happens is is if you're not on an AMC timers, unlike what you did at Florida, Florida was using them all, and we appreciate that because they do a great job. But uh, there's nothing more frustrating than being at a major match and the RO, you just had a smoke and smoke and run and I don't know why they're all flashing back to me the last five that I had <laughs> because I wasn't running a compensator on my rifle. Um, then you get a reshoot, which, you know, your reshoot is typically never, never as good as the smoke and run that you just laid down. Um, <laughs> but that, but that's, <laughs> can I get an amen? Because there's a lot of people like, yeah, it's preach, Steve. Um, so that's, that's the other reason why we have holes on uh, ports on the side of, of the of the compensator. So it's just not for, for looks, but we did go through and put a pretty aggressive 45-degree um, 45 cuts on um, the compensator. So it gives it, a, um, you know, just a pretty aesthetically, a, a nice aesthetic. And then on the very front of the comp, we have two additional 45-degree cuts. And again, it's for the aesthetics, but also it's functional. Is it takes just a little bit more weight, just a little bit more weight off the front of the gun. Um, anything that you do to the end of the gun, it, it magnifies. You know, it just amplifies the weight because you got that moment of inertia so far out there. And so that's why it's got a little bit more um, um, aggressive cuts on the on the front of the gun. Right, well, that was so the one thing I noticed when I picked it up was, you know, it's, um, it's, it's definitely one of the lightest uh, compensators I've ever held. And, you know, I think when a lot of people think immediately of a compensator, uh, they're thinking of it, you know, the gas is compensating for the rise in the gun. And, and clearly, I think that's going to happen with uh, open guns. Um, right. I, I've never really, I mean... 
yes, I know a lot of people have tested different compensators and they've put them on ransom rests and they've, they've done the tests and they show that with a compensator on it against other ones, the gun doesn't rise as much. But I've always wondered how much that was about just the physical weight. I don't know how much a 22 round is actually providing enough gas to make a difference. Well, it, it does slightly. And again, you know, when you're shooting at, at the speeds that we shoot at, any little thing that we'll take as an advantage, we're going to take. Sure. So John, Brown, John Browning and uh, Michael Bang Bang did a comparison between four compensators, uh, Tandem Cross, uh, Game Changer, um, Elgin Mine, and then the Carolina Crusher. And what it showed was is that, you know, mine, the Alchin Comp, and as well as Carolina Crusher were all pretty similar in terms of performance. So they just set it out a ransom rest, and they had a board, which was great, you know, uh, with a grid on it. So they just left the gun there and pulled the trigger, you know, with no force or anything like that. And you clearly see that the, um, uh, the last three compensators I talked to, including mine, did make a, did make a difference. Um, I will say that's only that's only part of it. You know, some people will prefer uh, a steel compensator and teach their own because I think some people find that you know if I've got a steel compensator, that extra weight you know helps compensating compensates when you're just sitting there pulling the trigger. Okay, well I'll give you a little bit of that. However, it's you know, and I'm not you know I'm not a world class handgun shooter. I'm certainly can hold my own, and I've got multiple. Uh, major titles, shooting room fire pistol opener, room fire pistol iron. However, I will say you want the end of the gun to be as light as possible. And it's the same thing, and I've talked about this before, when I went from a JP 16-inch steel barrel to the 5.5-inch sleeve barrel, I was faster. You know, the transition was just so much, so much quicker. A little bit less st stability from time to time, but I can move the gun a lot faster. And the same thing happens with a rimfire pistol gun is you really don't want a steel comp out there um, because it just, it, it just, it's, it's too much weight and it's clunky as you trans, transition the gun. The other thing that we did from an aesthetic standpoint, but it also took off some weight, is there's about a 15 degree um, cut on the top and the bottom of the compensator. And then we put in a 1911 style crown just because it looks badass. I'm just saying, Jeff. <laughs> Well, I'm, mean, a, I'm a 1911 guy. So, I mean, you've been testing this for a while, um, and, and one of the key elements of comps is cleaning. Um, right. So, you know, have you got a comp that you've gotten, you know, anywhere between 500 and 1,000 rounds through and then gone in um, and cleaned it, and how was that? Yeah, so that's a great question. I The, the concept of the design I've had for multiple years. I tried to get somebody to make it, I don't know, probably four or five years ago, um, but uh, we couldn't come to an agreement, and so it kind of kind of uh, got put on a back shelf, and we need to get Todd on from Wyland, USA, uh, but the quick story there is I actually shot with Todd his first steel challenge match he ever shot about four years ago. So Todd lives over in Somerville, South Carolina, which my parents live over there, so we're at Zach Jones's gun range. Um, and, you know, Todd came to a, a match, and I, I think he only had one or two mags for his 10-22, and, of course, I've got actually like, here, brother, here's a couple. You're going to want a couple of these while you shoot so you don't have to reload at the line, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, man, you're a nice guy. And I said, well, let's not get that word around. And so, I, you know, I've shot with Todd a couple of different times, and uh, Todd owns a machine shop. He owns Wyland USA. 
he makes aircraft parts and all sorts of other technical kind of kind of goodies. And uh, about three and a half years ago, maybe four years ago, he gave me one of his prototype Carolina Crushers, which is pretty cool. So it's a very it's a um, a great value. I think they're right around thirty dollars, somewhere in there for uh, mm -hmm. a compensator. It's a big open port. It's made out of aluminum. But uh, what we did is is that we took his manufacturing experience and knowledge, and then we were able to um, we were able to uh, make make my compensator. So it's made out of aluminum, and I've got to, it's a hard anodizing. It's a, you know type three anodizing because it's black, and it's the same uh, same material and same finish that the Carolina Crusher has on it. So there's two different there's a couple different ways or methods that people end up cleaning compensators. Uh, the finish will stand up to the uh, we call it the dip with <laughs> that <laughs> the vinegar and uh, hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, yeah, the fifty fifty. There, just don't do that stuff inside. Um, but uh, the prototype compensator that I've got currently on my rimfire rifle, uh, open gun, and you know we he fabricated one. Actually, had one in plastic. I didn't shoot that because we weren't sure it was going to stand up to the uh, the pressures involved with the compensator. And so he sent me one that's got a um, like a Cerakote type type finish on, so it's not as hard and resilient as the uh, you know the the anodizing. And so I've got probably twenty to twenty-five thousand rounds on that compensator, and I just cleaned out the top port for the first time. And what you'll see—I don't want to give away too many secrets—but I'm here to tell you what's different, why you should buy one of mine—is it's got a fifteen-degree cut. So on the top port, as as you look at the top port, kind of looking down, it's a fifty-degree, fifteen-degree cut forward. So the gas doesn't stick against a wall, a flat wall, where the top port is, and so that's why it doesn't clog up as much, which I think people will find interesting. On yeah, the I just side, I'm, had, and I'm, I'm looking at yeah. it, and so as you're describing it, uh, I'm able to uh, to see what you're talking about. And that that upper hole, you know, looks like it's a good size too. If you needed to get a tool in there, you could. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so the side ports, I've actually had to clean out, I think, twice. Um, we, you know, because of tooling paths, it's from a machining perspective, this compensator is probably more complicated than uh, any other compensator that I've seen for the rimfire market. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about some different angles and all that kind of stuff, and based on the aesthetic and function and all that kind of jazz, we went down the path that we did. So I've had to clean the sides twice. I wasn't going to initially share this, but I'll share this with you as well, because cleaning compensators, there's is pretty important. So if you don't go down the dip method, and a lot of people use, you know, a pick or a screwdriver or Allen head or you know, and a hammer and all that kind of stuff. So here's something interesting. You, you need to protect the finish, but if you turn the compensator on the side and you take a flathead screwdriver, you make sure that it's appropriate width and all that kind of jazz. The the angle of the uh, of the uh, machining going into the port is a 45 degree angle. So if you conveniently lay a screwdriver, flathead screwdriver, on that 45-degree angle, it puts you just under, you know, depending on the thickness of the blade, it puts you just under where the opening is to the comp, 
And so if you put it at that 45 degree angle, a slight tap, you'll clean out the uh, excess carbon and junk that builds up on a compensator. So it's meant to be easy to clean, which I've never seen anything like that before. I know a couple oh, yeah. other companies have created tools and this and that, but you know, we wanted something that, that was easy to maintain. And you know, my buddy Tom down in Florida, he says compensators are consumables and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, we're offering at what we believe is a reasonable price of $50. There's other comps out there that are $70, $80 that are made out of aluminum. But, uh, you know, this is a reasonable $50. Uh, we may do a limited run. I know Todd's going to, he won't be happy with me. But we are going to do a limited run of titanium. Um, but that price point's probably going to be in that 100 to $125 because the machining and tooling and all that stuff on titanium is so, so much, so much more expensive. So. Sure. Well, just I think the physical product is more expensive too, as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The materials, the materials certainly are. It, the other thing, from an aesthetic standpoint, is you know we didn't want to have it's it's 0.92 inches in diameter, um, but it's also it's flat sided, so it will line up with the sides on a Tactical Solutions 1911 upper, the 2211 upper. Same okay. thing with the CWA. Chet has made some uh, threaded barrels in the past. And, Hopefully, I'm pushing him to make some threaded barrels in the future. But it also looks good on a, a one-inch diameter, um, as you've seen on my post, um, that Ruger Mark IV yep. light. It looks. It does have a little bit of step down, but I think it adds to the uh, to the aesthetic uh, aesthetic to the gun and, and whatnot. And then for branding purposes, uh, we made a slight alteration to my uh, to logo to laser, it, and it's underneath. So. Some people think it's really cool, and if you don't think it's cool, well, it's underneath, and nobody's going to see it anyway. But you know, when you want to share your friends, say, "Hey, that's really cool," you're going to turn up and say, "Yeah, check this out, boy." So uh, yeah, so we put that on the bottom. I'm, I'm pretty pretty excited about that, and been overwhelmed by the response. We've had um, quite a few that have been pre-ordered, and I think what's going to have to happen, you know, to sell hundreds of these things or thousands of these things, that you know, people are going to have to get them and, and try them and then show their friends and, and all that kind of jazz. But we do have some out in out for kind of like a pre-order type uh, testing and review, and you've seen some of them pop up. So uh, when Chris Barrett shot his, uh, shot his 57.96 the other day, it's because he had my compensator on the front of his Magnum Research gun. Right, what Chris? That, yeah, you thanks, know, Chris Steve, what would that stuff. kid do without you? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, uh, so. I used to play a lot of poker, and, and one of the uh, more famous poker players, his name is Doyle Brunson, and he wrote a yeah. book, yeah. and the book was extremely successful. It was called Super System, and it covered his style and all that, and years afterwards, he used to say, I wish I never wrote that book, because <laughs> <laughs> he gave away all his secrets, and uh, yeah. that's, what, that's what you've been able to help Chris along, and uh, I have to admit, though, you know, I, I trained some juniors, and, and there's a lot of satisfaction. Uh, this match specifically, uh, two of my junior girls uh, just had an amazing match. Uh, both of them set about four or five personal bests um, at, awesome. at the match. And to do that at a major, um, under pressure, you know, of performing, oh, yeah. um, it's, uh, there, there's a lot of good feelings that come from that. So, you know, anybody who's out there thinking about... You know, helping out a uh, a junior or even uh, anyone. Um, trust me, there's a lot of self-satisfaction when you see that person uh, start getting better.
uh, and and you may have a little bit of part of that. Yeah, and, and no doubt with uh, Chris, did I help him out? Yeah, I think I helped him out uh, a fair amount, and I think you tell you the same thing. However, what I will say um, for Chris is, and the same thing with Grant Conkle, there are I, there may be some people out there that shoot at aim you or other places, but uh, those two guys work extremely hard. So it's one oh, yeah. thing to you know maybe uh, take a shortcut on learning some things, but you got to put in the work and effort to perform at the level that these guys perform. I know how much time and effort I put in to my own performance, and um, and I've been rewarded for it. But yeah, these, that, those you, two guys. Would you be putting Chris, that work in at your home range, Steve? I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, think, it's cool that it, I would say it's cool that you have somebody like Chris, that's an accomplished shooter. You know, he's come a long way in the last two years, to, but be using my compensator on his rimfire rifle and to eat the last two times that he broke 60, um, which were the two fastest times he'd ever shot, were with my compensator. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Absolutely. And you know what? When I broke 60 and I shot that 5842, hey, I was shooting my compensator, you know? So that's, I take a lot of pride in that as well. It's just not somebody that's coming to market with something that, you know, doesn't know anything about the sport and just trying to make a quick buck. Look at it as, uh, and that's why you do 45 light because the heavier barrel guns are easier to keep them a little bit flat with standard velocity ammunition. Yep. The video that I posted out on my Facebook site, and I think I posted out on YouTube, that's shooting Ely Force, which is some of the most powerful ammunition out there. It's a 42 grain bullet, which is heavier than most, and then it's going 1,235 feet per second. And the gun's staying completely flat, and uh, so that to me is is rewarding and successful. If you Absolutely. take a heavy gun that weighs, you know, three pounds, and you put somebody's flat, you know, but it's it you know weighs like a boat anchor. Yeah, it should stay kind of flat, but um, to do that with a twenty-two forty-five light, and you know, I've certainly done it with a Victory and a Buckmark and other guns. It uh, it does make a difference, and the gun transitions so smooth. And uh, I was talking with uh, Kelly this weekend. She's like, "You don't even notice it's out there, do you?" I said, "Absolutely not, because you don't want it to. You don't want that clunky feeling when you transition the gun to yeah. be in the back of your head because of a piece of equipment." Well, fifty bucks, uh, great design. Uh, tell everybody where they're going to be able to find these. Yeah, you can go out to WylandUSA.com and look up Steve Foster or what we call the compensators, the Falcon, and it's out there to be ordered. Awesome. Well, Steve, this has been a quickie. I think uh, we're going to cut it off here. It's been great talking with you, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys this one. Get a chance to get out there to Wyland, USA, take a check on that compensator. Um, I tried to scarf the prototype that Steve had, and, and he wouldn't have it, so I'm going to have to buy my own. <laughs> yeah, you weren't the only one. I was like, no, <laughs> hands off, give that back. Give that back. But the other cool part, though, is, Jeff, as we transition out of uh, out of this conversation, is there's a lot of major matches uh, coming up. you got Michigan coming in a couple weeks. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. My daughter wants to go, but it's like 852 miles. And it's about 20, 30 minutes where I used to live, so it would be cool to go back there. Uh, then you got Tennessee coming up. you got Alabama State. You've got World Speed Shoot. So hopefully everything is back and open and somewhat close to normal for now and, and we can get on with the rest of the 
the rest of the shooting season. Unfortunately, Absolutely. they had to cancel. They canceled Area Two, but uh, I was looking forward to going going out to California to see Maria, and then Kurt happens to be there. You can tell him I said that. Uh, but they, they always run a great match out there, so hopefully we can get back out there in the spring. Yeah, there's still, you've got, uh, end of the year, you've got uh, the Florida State match. You've also got, uh, over at Volusia, they're going to be running the Ultimate Steel Challenge Championships again in December, and that's going to be a 12-stage match. Um, Mike, well, what, what, what are you doing, 12 stages? Well, there are four stages that have been retired that used to be shot at the Steel Challenge. Uh, the Flying M, Zigzag, uh, Triple Threat, and Double Trouble. And I shot it, I shot the inaugural one, and let me tell you, some of those old stages are fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, double trouble was quite interesting, especially with a, a rifle, because you're pointing at the down ready sign, and you've got to raise the gun about five degrees, and you're on the first plate. Oh, wow. Um, I think my draws on those were somewhere in the point fours. Um, which is, of course, really fast for me. For some people, they're like, oh, point four. I, I do that on five to go. Well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it was, uh, was, it, was that it? Or, no, maybe the, full, maybe the total time was point four. I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy fast. Uh, there was no aiming. It was just moving the gun and pulling the trigger. I um, like it. Uh, but uh, I think it was triple threat. I think it was triple threat was the one where you actually moved six feet forward. Mm. That was a very interesting one. Or that might have been flying him. I don't know. Anyways, so you got that one. You got the Florida State match. Um, you know, I've heard Area 6 is going to be at the CMP this year, but I don't know when. Um, I haven't heard any news on that. Um, hopefully that one's going to come up and. Uh, you know, it, it'll be another big match. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll get back there's to the and, and, and start seeing everybody at matches again. Yeah, there's the Mississippi match. I think, yep. I'm not sure if uh, they're going to shoot the Great Plains match. I think they are out there by Kansas. And, you know, so, let's not forget yeah, about, you know, uh, these are all still challenge matches we're talking about, but there's got to be some. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rimfire Worlds is coming up not too soon, right? Yeah, yeah. That's in... What? That's going to be in uh, back in Arkansas, right? At the um, is it? Old yeah, Ford? that that's yeah at Old Ford. That's the plan. Um, I'm not getting the warm and fuzzy yet. We'll see because um, I haven't. Last year registration may have opened on July 1st, as I recall it. But hey, that was a long time ago. I talked to Paul Dandini this weekend, and uh, he's optimistic. But there's you know it's just the mask thing and the gathering stuff and. Not sure how all that stuff's going to play in this pandemic and that kind of thing. So I think they're uh, talking about it every single day or every single week, seeing when they can make something happen. Happen. Hopefully they make something happen this, this year. It was a lot of fun last year. The other, the other thing before we go, Jeff, yeah. that I want to share, and I had a conversation with a uh, match director this past weekend. The best deal out there right now for Steel Target Paint is to get on the auto re reorder program. The auto delivery, it's 5% off paint and it's free shipping. And what a lot of people don't realize is the cost of shipping with that type of product, you know, it's a hazmat paint, it's, uh, it can be pretty pretty darn expensive. So 
the free shipping and the 5% off is a great deal. You can start it and stop it whenever you want. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Steve, because, you know, we use that at the WAC. We have our monthly match, and uh, we have four cases delivered, and we've been on that program for six months now and have yet to, it's yet to miss a beat, which is expected yeah. because that's what Range Store does. Um, they stay on top of that stuff. I get my email about three days before it's going to ship, say it's going to ship soon, and it gets here. Um, no problem. And so we've always got, you know, extra paint for uh, for the matches. So, yeah, I would highly recommend it to uh, – the nice thing about that, you know, when you get a, a big match order, it's kind of tough to uh, – you know, we had 20 cases delivered to the West Florida. It's kind of tough to have that delivered to your house. It costs a little much. The nice thing about the auto reorder program is they'll drop it right off your house, U.S. mail. I think it comes maybe UPS. No problem. Um Right. Which is nice too. You know, you don't have to deliver it to a range. It can come right to your home. Yep, yep. All right, All right Jeff. Well, good. thanks again for the great match this past weekend. Look You're welcome. Thanks you again for coming soon. down. We appreciate you and all the shooters that joined us. And I hope to see you all soon at a range. Steve, you be good. And uh, don't forget, one shot, one steal. <laughs>